This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bramley, but joining me as ever is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, hello. Hello, Natalie. Hello, listeners. Hi, how has your week been, Dave? Uh, still locked down, like everyone else. Mm. And going to be locked down for the foreseeable future, um, given that we've today, as we're recording this podcast, we've just had, uh, it's Thursday, we've just had the news about the uh, the shocking news that Lancashire's being put into Tier 3, which I think we all saw coming, didn't we? Um, but still buoyed by our first one of the season, Dave. How was that for you? Uh, yeah, very good. Very uh, Burnley back to their usual performance. I think we uh, it's a shame we couldn't have got a second goal, but uh, getting the early goal helped, and we uh, we saw it out with a, a fantastic save from Nick Pope at the end to uh, to keep all three points. Yeah, at a cost though. I've just seen the headlines. He's mm. going to miss the City game, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Or yes. Arsenal as as Burnley first put out there. Bless them. <laughs> it did make me laugh when I think when they first tweeted it out, said he's going to miss the Arsenal game. I was like, what? So he's missing two? And it's like, yeah. Luckily, the Burnley media team don't know what day of the week it is as much as we do either. So it's reassuring to know that we're on the same boat. Um, well, we've got a preview show this week to look at, Dave. Obviously, we're looking ahead to that game at the weekend, which we'll come on to in a minute. But before we get into that, we have um, some quick question answer to give, don't we? We uh, Last time we had the preview show before the Palace game, we asked our listeners, in the home games that have taken place between Burnley and Crystal Palace at Turf Moor since 2009-2010, there has only been one red card, but which player was sent off? Dave, put us out of a mystery. What was the answer? Uh, it was the player who missed out on uh, Monday, uh, Wilfred Zahar, who uh, yeah. tested, well, he was isolating for coronavirus. He wasn't able to play on Monday, but he was the player who was sent off. Going back a while, uh, it's going back to the 10th of March 2012. Uh, he was uh, sent off in the second half uh, for lashing out, lashing out at David Edgar. So he's the. How can only... you lash out at David Edgar? Well, maybe he was winding him up a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's. 
he, he was the one to be sent off, and we did have some correct answers. Oh, who were they, Dave? Who got it right? Um, Ian Lloyd was in touch. Uh, he knew it was Wilfred Zahar, as did uh, MJP, who's MJP78UTC on Twitter, and also uh, Bob Silverose on the email as well. Excellent. Do you get any more? I don't think we got any more, do you? No, I think that okay. was definitely all we had. Definitely all we had. Didn't get any others in there? Everyone, yeah. Everyone. All the correct answers. Nobody else. Um, well, obviously, we're going to keep you up to date um, with a brand new quiz question at the end of the show. So do make sure you stick around and listen right to the end. And Dave will uh, will say your homework for the week. Opposition stats. So let's dive in now and have a look at the whole reason why we're here this week. And that is to look ahead to this weekend's game. And we are out of the frying pan and into the fire, so to speak. We are at away at Manchester City, our favourite fixture of the, of the season. Um, this Saturday, the 28th of November, 3pm kickoff live on BT Sport. Dave, why don't you kick us off by giving us the recent history, including last season's meeting. Yeah, well, Burnley have made eight visits to the city of Manchester Stadium since 2009-10, and it's fair to say it has not been a happy place for Burnley fans. Uh, We've played two FA Cup ties there, as well as six Premier League matches. Um, Our first two Premier League visits, uh, they both ended in draws. We had a 3-3 draw in November 2009, and then a 2-2 draw in December 2014, and we'll revisit those games in a little bit more detail later. Um, The last six visits, they've all ended in defeat and increasingly heavy defeats at that, uh, with Burnley suffering 5-0 reverses in each of our last three trips to the Etihad. Uh, The most recent of those was the first match of Project Restart, that was back in June, when two goals each from Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez, plus another from David Silva, sealed an emphatic victory for the host. Um, What about Burnley's last away win then, Dave? I presume we've got to go pretty far back to find this one. Uh, Well, yeah, we do have to delve through the history books a little while back to uh, find details of our last away win over Manchester City. Um, And that was actually well over 47 years ago now. That was in the Charity Shield match, which took place... Um, ahead of the 1973-74 season. Um, At the time, Burnley had been invited as champions of the second division. We'd just been promoted. And Manchester City were there as they were the uh, holders. They'd uh, beaten Aston Villa in the previous season's curtain raiser. Uh, This was because both Liverpool, who were the league champions, and Sunderland, who were the FA Cup winners, uh, they declined their invitations to take part. So Burnley uh, won the game. We won 1-0, with the only goal being scored by Colin Waldron from a uh, a nifty little free-kick routine with a little dummy in there from the right-hand side. And uh, Martin Dobson was presented with the Charity Shield trophy at the end of the match, and that was our last away win at Manchester City. Wow, that is, uh, yeah, that is quite some... Quite some uh, <laughs> some having to go back, isn't it? Uh, what about Burnley's last top flight away win then? Yeah, well, uh, the history books don't always include Charity Shield matches as competitive matches. So we're going back even further. We've got to go back another decade more to the 26th of March 1963. So that's over 57 years ago for Burnley's last league away win, which is also our top last top flight away win over Manchester City. That was at uh, a match that took place at Main Road uh, and Burnley won emphatically by a 5-2 scoreline. Burnley's goals were scored by Andy Lockhead, uh, Gordon Harris, who scored twice, uh, Ray Pointer and Arthur Bellamy. Um, Alex Harley scored both of City's goals. Uh, Burnley managed to end one Manchester away hoodoo last season 
with a first win at Old Trafford since 1962. So can we do the same in the blue half of the city this Excellent, good stuff. Uh, we can't, by the way, but you know, we can always dream. Highlights and lowlights. What have you managed to pick from our high- for our highlight then this week? Again, Dave, I imagine this was one that we struggled a little bit with. Uh, yeah, with no recent victories to highlight, we're having to uh, feed on the scraps of our draws this week. So for the highlight... Uh, was chosen the most recent of the stalemates we mentioned in the recent history section. That was a 2-2 draw from December 2014. Uh, Burnley trailed 2-0 at half-time to goals from uh, David Silva and Fernandinho, uh, but we did mount a spirited comeback in the second half. Um, George Boyd pulled a goal back just after the break, and it was Ashley Barnes who scored with a well-struck shot past Joe Hart to level the scores 10 minutes from the end to earn an unlikely point. So that's uh, this week's highlight a 2-2 draw from December 2014. Excellent. Uh, and a section which I imagine was a lot easier to have to deal with was our low light. Christ, which one did you end up picking in the end? You could have gone for about 20, I think. Uh, yeah, spoilt for choice on this. Um, even with several <laughs> heavy defeats over recent seasons, uh, we've decided to go back a little bit further in time to select this week's low light. And we're going back to the uh, 2001-2002 season. Uh, That was back in the days when the Championship, confusingly, was still known as the First Division, even though it was the second tier behind the Premier League. Um, Following an impressive first half of the season, Burnley, under the management of Stan Turnant, topped the First Division table over the Christmas period. In fact, the Clarets still had a four-point lead over City, ahead of this tasty clash, which took place between Christmas and New Year. Uh, City took an early lead through Paolo Wanchop, and although Glenn Little's early penalty was saved... Uh, Burnley were never really in the game and suffered a 5-1 defeat. Uh, one shot also completed his hat-trick. Uh, this means that the gap was reduced to just one point, and such was the demise of the Clarets during the second half of that season uh, that we missed out on the playoffs altogether by just one goal at the end. Do you remember that game against uh, Coventry where we needed to uh, better Norwich's uh, result, wasn't it? <sighs> Gosh, yeah, that is a long time ago now. I've forgotten all about that. Yeah, that is a particular... That's a good low light, is that one. I like I like your work you put into that one, Dave. It could have been easy to go with one of the modern ones, but that was a good one to go. Heroes and villains! Moving on then, who have you picked as our hero for this fixture? Uh, well, we've, all, uh, we've already chosen the 2-2 draw for this week's highlight, so it only seems fair to select the hero from the other recent draw, which was an entertaining 3-3 scoreline in the 2009-10 season. Uh, Despite some good results at home early in that season, uh, the Clarets were uh, really struggling on the road. After five consecutive defeats, it was time to visit Manchester City, who at the time were still early in the days of uh, Sheikh Mansour's ownership era. Um, After Burnley had taken a surprise 2-0 lead in the first half with a Graham Alexander penalty and a goal from Stephen Fletcher, City pulled a goal back just before the break and then powered into a 3-2 lead in the second half. But they haven't counted on this week's hero grabbing a late equaliser. That man was substitute Kevin MacDonald, and he found the net after Stephen Fletcher had nodded on David Nugent's cross. If he was the hero in the away match, he perhaps spoilt that somewhat when the two teams met at Turf Moor later in the season, although I think we'll save the details of that occasion for the reverse fix. Oh, definitely. I think I remember what you're going to talk about, so I shall look forward to that later on in the season. Um, what about our villain, then? Uh, yeah, one City player with a knack of scoring against Burnley, especially in matches played at the Etihad Stadium, is Sergio Aguero. And he's this week's selection for our villain, due to the fact that he's netted six times during the last six occasions that Burnley have visited City. 
Uh, he scored in five of those six games. He got two in one of them. And he also earned a penalty after VAR adjudged he'd been fouled in our last visit there in June. He had to go off injured after that and has only played two Premier League games since then, uh, both of which were last month without finding the net in either. Um, after recovering from a recent hamstring injury, there's still a possibility he may play on Saturday, although there seem to be suggestions that City may decide to bide their time before introducing him back into the team. Um, I don't think there'll be too many disappointed Burnley fans if he isn't involved this weekend. Well said. It's the one to watch. Who is, uh, moving on to my least favourite section in the entire preview show, who is our one to watch this week? Who don't we want to watch? There's, there's yeah. not many uh, world-class players they've got in their side. Uh, but we do know rather a lot already about the established players of this week's opponents. Uh, so our one-to-watch feature gives us the chance to highlight someone else. In this case, it's a recent signing who came to Manchester from Valencia in August on a five-year deal for a fee in the region of £20 million. Uh, that player is 20-year-old Spanish winger Ferran Torres, uh, who's already making his mark for his new club this season. He's inherited the number 21 shirt, previously worn by departing City legend David Silva, and he's predominantly considered to be a winger, but has been used as a striker in a front three. He's played six times for City in the Premier League so far this season, with two substitute appearances, followed by four starts in recent games, including uh, the full 90 minutes in the last game at Tottenham. Uh, He's comfortable on the ball, likes to run at defenders, so Burnley will need to be wary of the threat he poses this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I'm just going to add it to the list of a million uh, City players who we have to keep an eye on. Um, Turning to the game then, Dave, who is our man in the middle? Who's going to be refereeing the game? Uh, We've got Lee Mason. He's in charge in Manchester on Saturday afternoon. Uh, The Bolton-based official has refereed 17 previous Burnley matches since 2007. Uh, Burnley have won five of those, drawn three and lost nine. And 11 of those 17 games have been in the Premier League. Um, He does have history with this fixture. He was in the middle for the Premier League match between the two teams at the Etihad in January 2017. Um, that match had a red card as well. Uh, that was shown to Fernandinho for a very rash challenge on Johan Berggubbenson. Uh, City ended up winning that game 2-1 with Ben Mee scoring Burnley's goal. Um, acting as Lee Mason's eyes and ears in Stockley Park on Saturday will be Robert Jones. He'll be the video assistant referee uh, for Saturday's game. Excellent. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I don't want to end there, Dave, and I'm sure as anything that our listeners don't want to, because I know you and I know you like to spoil us. So why don't you delve into the very large bank of stats and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week? Uh, well, there's two, actually, so we'll go take them in order. Ooh, stat of the week us. number one. Um, you like this one. Um, in the last 12 matches in which Ben Mee has played, Burnley have only lost once and have kept eight clean sheets. Ben Mee is also captain the side in all of these games, uh, including the 2-1 win over Leicester City on January 19th. Burnley have won seven, drawn four, and lost just one of the 12 matches in which Ben Mee has featured. However, there is a note of caution in this stat as the defeat was the 5-0 reverse at Manchester City in June. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and number two, uh, Johan Bergumanson reached the milestone of 100 Premier League appearances for Burnley on Monday night. He is one of 10 players, they're all outfield players, uh, to reach this milestone for the club. Two of those players, Chris Wood and Sam Vokes, are now level on 102 Premier League games for Burnley. But the goal-scoring comparison is an interesting one. 
Woody has found the net 36 times, which is more than double Sam Buck's tally of 17 goals in the same number of matches. Ah, that's a good stat. And that's the second week winning we got Foxy in there as well. I very much appreciate that, Dave. Two for the price um, well, <laughs> You do indeed. Well, before Dave and I have a little think about the, the game at the weekend, we did manage to sit down with um, our opposition this week to get a view from the city end and, and find out what their thoughts were. So... Uh, I think producer, it was, I don't know if he sat down and talked to him actually, whether he just sent his thoughts in, but we essentially spoke to Kevin Nelson from the Main Road Ramble podcast, and here is his thoughts. Opposition View. Hello, listeners of the No Nay Never podcast. This is Kevin Nelson from Main Road Ramble, here to preview the Manchester City match on this upcoming weekend. I originally became a City fan back in 2010. Um, I started watching the Premier League when I was in college. I uh, didn't have a team for a while, and then um, I was kind of drawn to City because of their underdog um, status at the time. Obviously, that's changed since, and um, I could relate to the fans' kind of self-deprecating nature um, as a fan of New York teams. It's a similar parallel. Um, and then as I kind of grew as a fan, it quickly consumed my life, so to speak, and I ended up writing for SB Nation for a couple years on their city-specific website, Bitter and Blue. Um, met Jerry Deegan at the time. We started a podcast, which has since branched off into Main Road Ramble, um, and we have a few other guys on the team now. Um, so as far as the season goes, expectations have not been met so far, which you'd probably guess based on um, recent history. I think a lot of City fans, myself included, were under the assumption that City would regain the Premier League title and find the form they had not to the same heights they had in 1718 and 1819 um but closer to that than they were last year and that has not been the case obviously a lot of games to play but it just hasn't been as dominant as we've seen under Pep Guardiola which has been disappointing um it's a conversation where i think as city continued to drop points the the mindset changes from can we win the premier league to you know um let's secure top four. Um, I don't think we're there quite yet, but I think that conversation is not too far away if we continue to lose games. Um, As far as how City are going to line up against Burnley on Saturday, uh, I think it's pretty straightforward for most position groups. I think the back line, the default back line, is pretty secured with Cancelo as your left back, and then you're going to have Laporte, um, Ruben Diaz, and Kyle Walker, and the remaining roles. I think the midfield, you have two positions pretty much locked up in Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri. That third position is in flux. We've seen a number of names in there, including Ilkay Gundogan, Phil Foden, Bernardo. Personally, I would play Foden in that position just because I think he's the most dynamic um, and he's the most attacking-oriented of those remaining options. The front three... I don't think that Sergio Aguero is quite ready to start yet. I'm going to guess that the team is going to play it safe with him, so expect Gabriel Jesus to play center forward. He'll likely be flanked by, I would guess, Raheem Sterling and Ferran Torres, the new addition from Valencia. That is primarily because Torres has been incredible this season um, in his first year with the team. Sterling... A little bit off form, but probably still the best option remaining. Riyad Mahrez has not been um, in great form recently. Bernardo is kind of in the same the same vein. So 
I think those are the 11 you should expect. And obviously, you're going to have Ederson and go behind them. Um, as far as Burnley's key players, I think the two guys City fans worry about the most are going to be, well, for one, Dwight McNeil is the main name. But I also think Goodmanson opposite him, just because when City have had struggles in the past, it's primarily been when they're countered while their fullbacks are out of position. And if there's an expectation that Burnley is going to play um, defensively, which I expect they will, you can look for both Walker and Cancelo to push upfield quite often. And if Burnley can win the ball back and spring a counter into those flanks where those fullbacks are out of position, that's when the kind of dominoes fall and the back line gets more out of sort. Um, and I think that's the the key for Burnley. Um but also the key for City and not, you know, not letting those counters hurt them. Um, a prediction, I think that City are going to win this game. I think it's going to be tight because City have developed a pretty bad habit of not putting teams away when they would in the past. Um, I'm going to guess 2-1 because I do think that um, Burnley's front two would and Rodriguez or Barnes, either one, I think their physicality could give City some problems, um, especially on the counter, if they can hold up play and let McNeil and Gibbonson get upfield. Um, but I'm still betting optimistically on the talent that City have, um, at least in getting um, the one-goal victory. So I'll say 2-1. Um, and if you guys want to have any more uh, Manchester City-related coverage in your life, of course, you can come... Listen to our content, read our stuff, follow our Twitter account. We are at Main Road Ramble on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you have any questions, city related, please feel free to reach out um, on those two platforms or um, via email. We are at MainRoadRamble at gmail.com. There's also a website under the same name. So a lot of avenues you can get in touch with us and read our work. Um, and if you have any questions, please reach out. And best of luck on Saturday. Thanks. So what are you thinking of the weekend, Dave? I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it, City away? You just you tend to just to go, nah, write it off. Um, we don't, you know, we don't really care. But and, and, and even more so when we now know that Nick Pope's injured as well, and we're going to have Pharrell uh, Williams. <laughs> oh, excellent in the goal. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really buoyed by the, the, the win at the weekend, Dave. But it, it, City away just generally feels like an absolute no hope fixture, doesn't it? It's really hard. Uh, it's usually a write-off, yeah. So we go more in uh, hope than expectation when, whenever we go uh, go and play City. Um, on the flip side, it might be a good time to play them. They've not been firing mm. on all cylinders, so uh, perhaps you'd rather be playing them now than maybe later in the season in the home straight when they're uh, scoring goals for, for fun. Um, so you never know. You never know. It could could be one of those. But I think it's a case of, yeah, any, anything we get out of uh, Saturday will be a bonus. And even though there are mitigating circumstances in terms of, you know, they're, they're not doing as well as they have been, um, mm. it'd be difficult to predict a, a Burnley win on Saturday. Yeah, I think I'd just rather not play them at all. Never mind, not playing them now. We did talk about this in the in the, uh, in the the main podcast on, on Tuesday, actually. The team now were, were wondering whether or not it felt like it was the right time to play them. But it's just one of those, really, is that they've just got an abundance of quality. And I, I've always felt as well that... You know, even when we're riding high, Dash just can't. He just he lets Pep get under his skin, and he just can't seem to get the better of him. Um, do you think? There's anything, I mean, I'm not expecting us to win, obviously, but 
you know, given, especially if he plays Jay again um, up front with Woody, you know, we could get a point, couldn't we? Um, yeah, I think maybe we have to approach it similar to what we did for the um, game against Liverpool at Anfield uh, yeah, during, during uh, Project Restart towards the end of last season. Again, it was one where no one expected us to get anything there. Liverpool had uh, beaten everyone for well, 20-odd games, wasn't it? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so we have to maybe go in with that mindset, and we, we may need a little bit of luck. It may be a case of um, have it, having to play defensively, keep keep them at bay, frustrate them, try and get a, a, a breakaway goal or a goal from a set piece and, and take it from there. But the problem with City is if they score first, then they're the sort of side who then go on and, and score right. two, three, four, yeah. or, they, or they have done in the past. So it, it, it's a worrying one from that point of view. And they do have the players the, who are capable of doing that. So um, it, it's a difficult one. I think it's a case of just try and go and, and, and frustrate them and see whether we can get in, anything out of it. But it's... As I say, more in hope than expectation, but you never know. I'm not saying we we can't get a result. I think we can, but the likelihood is uh, probably against us. Yeah. Thoughts for on the opportunity for our young keeper, though, coming in to replace Port for a game? Yeah. Against City away? What a great opportunity for him. Yeah, we assume that uh, uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell will be uh, be starting on uh, on Saturday. Pharrell Williams. Don't call him by his (laughs) Sunday name. It's Pharrell. Um, yeah, it's it's good experience for for him. Although having said that, I'm not sure he'll uh, he'll perhaps see it in the same same light. But it's it's one of those. The, oh, I the, think he will. I think the, the we do have the, uh, the 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 players in the squad who know their role. They know the the, the what they're coming into. So we've had this in every position, probably in the field, and, and goalkeepers no different. We saw it when uh, Nick Pope came in for uh, for Tom Heaton when he got injured as well. So. Um, you know he'll be, he'll be ready to take his chance. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, final then, quick one. Uh, score prediction. Three uh, nil City. Oh God, Dave! No, I'm going to go one one. I'm going to stay. <laughs> I'm going to carry the positivity camp for us. Uh, well, let us know what you think, listeners. Um, drop us a line. Uh, tweet us at Nona Never or send us an email at podcast at dot net. And uh, let us know what you think of the weekend's game. Are you excited about uh, our young keeper coming in? Are you not even bothered anymore about uh, playing City away? And how are you feeling about the introduction of fans back into stadiums and the, the different tiered approach in that um, some fans are now, some teams sorry, are going to get some fans in the crowd and some aren't, you know, against the non-technical sides. Is that going to be um, a problem for us? Are we going to be unfairly prejudiced? We talked about this a little bit the last weekend at the, um, sorry, midweek in the, in the, pro- in the preview Oh my God, Dave! I can't speak. What have you done to me? Main pop. It's all this. To- <laughs> it's all of this talk about predicting a three nil loss and, and being decisive. It's throwing me off course. Um, we talked midweek in the main podcast about um, a potential unfair playing field with some fans being allowed back in stadiums for some games and not others. So if you've got any thoughts on that, let us know. Drop us a line, and we will have a counter about it. Fantasy Premier League update. And then finally, Dave, let's move on to the second half of the show, which is, of course, a look at the Fantasy Premier League. Game week nine. What's happening, Dave? Uh, Well, yeah, we have now completed nine game weeks in the Fantasy Premier League, although there are still several clubs, including Burnley, who have only played eight games so far. Uh, The top scorer in the No Nay Never League for game week nine was Tom Ackroyd with 96 points. And that resulted in a big climb uh, for him up to 104th place in the table. Uh, But our current top five are uh, a climber to number five is Charlie Binns 
on 570 points. Uh, Matthew Blackburn's up to four on 574. I think Matthew was leading earlier in the season, so he's kind of uh, been there or thereabouts. Uh, Joanne Butterworth is down to third place on 575 points. Uh, It's very close in terms of these teams. Mm. Uh, Second place, Graham Jennings on 576. There's only six points separating fifth and second, so it's a lot of movement in there. And then our leader, non-mover, is uh, David Miller, first place on 605 points. So he's, I think the gap's narrowed slightly, but he's... Still got a lead of still out uh, 29, there, so yeah, still uh, still way out in front. Excellent. Uh, what about us, Dave? How are we doing? Uh, well, you went up a place, Natalie. Good news. Oh, yay! Up from 200, and you're still ahead of uh, James Bird. Uh, still yes. up a place from 230. Oh, I didn't message him. I need to do that. <laughs> You're up one place from 238th to 237th. Uh, 63 points for the week, decent total. Uh, that gives you 361 overall. Uh, my team, I went up 50 places from 182nd to 132nd with 83 points for the week, uh, 472 overall. Um, and Richard Steele is still the highest placed of the No Near Never podcasters. Uh, he went up, he's a climber as well, up 22 places to 47th with 77 points last week. How did you get 83 points, Dave? Did you use one of them little cheap talking No, I didn't. Things? I'd used one the previous week, but I didn't use one last week. That was a clean score, other than obviously your captain getting uh, double, which was, I think I had Harry, had Harry Kane as my captain. He only got four points. I should have had um, maybe, uh, I've got uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well. I should have had him as my captain instead. Yeah, definitely. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. It is. Um, what about the team of the week then? How did that perform? I will perhaps surprise now. There were no Burnley players among the kings of game week nine, although I think one or two may have just missed out on tie breaks, e.g. Uh, Nick Pope. Uh, he had the same points as Arsenal's uh, Burnt Leno. He had 10 points, but Leno got in the team. I don't know how they decide who gets in and who doesn't on that. Uh, but um, Nick Pope was just missed out. Uh, but the highest uh, scoring player overall for game week nine was Everton's Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who we just mentioned. He had 13 points and he's now in almost 60% of all FPL squads. Uh, there were 112 points up for grabs if you had all the 11 kings of game week nine. Uh, that team was uh, Leno, who we've mentioned in goal, a back three of Robertson, Alioski and Bellerin. Uh, a five-man midfield of Milner, Fernandez, Sun, March, and Suchek, and Dakure, uh, with Danny Welbeck up front alongside Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And at this point, Natalie, we need to check if you've done your homework to see if it's possible to afford a squad with all eleven of those players. I did not. <laughs> I did I not. I didn't say I was going to do it every week. Did I not say I'd have a look to see if it was a really high-scoring week? Oh, I can't remember what we said last week. I didn't do it, whatever we said. You said you might get bored with it, so yeah, you're probably right. In fact, did I not predict last week that I would actually get bored with it very, very quickly, possibly in one week, and oh, look, (laughs) look what's happened. I've got bored with it within the space of a week, and I didn't do it. I will do it for next time, I promise. And by that, please remind me, Dave. Um, (laughs) Excellent. So uh, was there anything else in terms of Team of the Week, Dave? Uh, well, that was the team. But in terms of the um, highest scoring player overall, uh, there's now a tie mm-hmm. at the top. Uh, Harry Kane is joined by teammate Hung Ming Sun on 48, uh, sorry, 84 points uh, to date. Uh, Harry Kane's ownership has actually dropped to around 45% 
uh, but 57% of managers have uh, sun in their setup. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm, I think we need to get on. I keep saying this every week and I keep forgetting. We need to get our current champ, Bennett, on as well, because I... I've forgotten all of those tricks. Did it, we were coming up to that period where we told us it was a key period around Christmas, didn't we, when he said about using those cheap things really well, those magical cheating power things that you get that I know, don't know what they do, um, and also trying to like change midweek when you've got part of I don't know. I don't know how it works. But I think we need to get him on again now, don't we? We need to see how he's doing and we need to see if we can get some winter tips. So let's try and set it up for next week. Uh, but in the meantime, managers, keep going, keep doing your stuff if somebody can please get in touch with me and tell me what i'm doing wrong and why i'm still at the bottom of the table that would be great um other than that i hope you're enjoying it and we will be back next week to see how you all performed in game week 10 Statman dave's quiz question and then finally dave we finished this week's quick uh, we finished this week's preview show with a quiz question what is the homework for this week what have you decided to um set for our listeners well, for this week's quiz question, we want the names of two Burnley players. Uh, we want to know who was the last player to score a goal for Burnley at Manchester City's previous stadium, Main Road, and who was the first player to score for Burnley at the City of Manchester, the Etihad Stadium as it's now known. Ah, that is interesting. I don't think I know that. But why don't you tell our listeners how they get in touch with their correct answers, please, David? Yes, the best ways to get in touch, you can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message so no one sees your answer on Twitter. That's at never. You can email us, podcast at never.net. We do get emails through. And you can also reply to the post for the previous show on the never Facebook page. And we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of our next preview show, which is uh, next week we're looking ahead to the Everton game, Everton at home. We are, and keep an eye out on fixtures, guys. Um, the, the Premier League and Sky and all the broadcasters have started to, to distribute their fixtures for the festive period this week, so I think some kick-off times are subject to change. I think we've had one or two through, so we'll try and update you next week as to what's changed. That might be a good thing to do, because um, as we quite rightly know, nobody really knows what day it is at the moment, so let's try and see if we can help out and, and alert you to any fixtures that have changed. Um, quick note on the quiz question before we leave. Uh, John Robertson, we of course were only teasing you earlier on. Of course, you submitted a right answer. Um, we just like to tease you because why don't we? It's good fun. So well done, John. Um, that is all we have time for this week. My thanks as ever go to um, Kevin Nelson from the Main Road Ramble podcast for giving us his opposition view this week. To Turf Morph Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out there. And of course to Statman Dave, Dave Roberts, for working as hard as he does and producing a fantastic preview show that I love immensely. Um, my final thanks go to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this podcast. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, the uh, rest of the team will be back on Tuesday to go over what happened at the weekend um, at the Etihad and hopefully celebrate a second win of the season and Dave and I will be back same time next week previewing that Everton game in the meantime take care stick to the rules it's the, the end is nearly in sight um look after yourselves look after your loved ones wear a mask while you can and try and stay safe if anybody out there is feeling isolated or lonely in this horrible situation that we're living in do 
you know, reach out. The, the Known and Ever team is always available to chat if you want to drop us a line on Twitter or you want to drop us an email. Um, you know, we're quite good at correspondence. If you want to drop us a, a letter on email, we will reply. Um, and if you just want to have a chat, um, you know where we are. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.